It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio. With Greg Davis. Priority Talk. Hey, hey, welcome to Priority Talk Radio. We are live on this Friday night. I am your host, Nate Williams. Greg Davis is out traveling. Andrew's in the studio, and we are holding it down. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about tonight. I'm glad y'all are with us. I know maybe it's been a long week for you, driving home, or maybe you're going out to dinner, whatever it might be. I hope you had a wonderful week. Let's end strong, shall we? So here we are on the first of two hours. We are here from 5 till 7. Y'all make sure to call in at 205-941-1011. And so we're going into our final college football Saturday, sort of. Obviously, you still have the bowls, but you know now that's the championship game and a lot of stuff going on there. I'm, I'm hoping that there is enough chaos in the college football world to sneak Alabama in. I do hope for that. Uh, what, what, what do we need to happen for that to happen? We need TCU to lose. I even think if TCU was undefeated, they shouldn't even make it in because they haven't played anyone. But we need TCU to lose. Okay, that would help. We need USC to lose. That would help. And, and just for good measure, I think Georgia's in regardless. Whether they win or lose, I think they're in. And I guess, uh, who else is there? Michigan. If Michigan lost... That would be the icing on the cake. So we need some some things to happen there, at least two out of those three things. Michigan losing, USC losing, and TCU losing. That would be wonderful. I think Alabama gets in at that point, but that's kind of wishful thinking. So that's what we're hoping for over the weekend if you are an Alabama fan. If you're not an Alabama fan, you probably don't want any of that stuff to happen, and that's okay. Here we are. So great um, – college football season kind of sort of wrapping up then you have the playoffs and the bowls and things we're looking forward to and it's uh, cold tonight uh, you know little little chilly uh, so y'all be staying warm y'all be careful out on the roads it's it's a it's a wild world out there we want y'all getting home safe uh, I, just the people I, I just driving home sometimes at night just the people whizzing by you got the motorcycles going the bikes going like 150 miles an hour whizzing by you you got people that don't know how to use their turn signal it's just man what is civilization going to but what do we got for these two hours we will be talking about the news as we often do different news stories we'll be talking about the supreme court case 303 Creative versus Ellenis, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, about free speech and freedom of religion. We're going to be talking about the sexualization of kids and why. It's purposeful. People want it to happen. And what I'll talk about tonight is why. Why, why do we want to sexualize children at earlier and earlier ages? You're thinking 
school curriculum, Balenciaga ads, whatever it is. Why is that happening? It's for a reason. It comes from a worldview that we'll talk about. And then we'll talk about in the second hour, cults. We'll talk some apologetics. Uh, We'll talk about the black Hebrew Israelites, kind of a newer group. They've been around for a while, but maybe newer to prominence. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, Mormonism, and Scientology. So that'll be the second hour. Y'all stay tuned in. A lot of good stuff to talk about. And so there is an article by 1819 News, Matt Clark, about this Supreme Court case, 303 Creative, and I'll read some of it. On Monday... The Supreme Court will be hearing what I consider to be the most important case of this term, 303 Creative versus Ellenis. Unless you're a legal geek like me, you probably haven't heard of this case. But if you're concerned about threats to religious liberty from the LGBT front, then this is one you'll definitely want to watch. So just a heads up about that whole LGBTQ plus IA uh, wiggle sign exclamation point, uh, tilde, that whole acronym. I don't put the T in the acronym. I say LGB and I stop there. And the reason why is the whole worldview that's behind T, which is transgenderism, is completely opposed behind the worldview that's behind the L, the G, and the B. The T, it's like, does not belong. Y'all ever played that game growing up? Like, which of these does not belong with the others? I say LGB. I don't say LGBT because the T contradicts the rest of it. It doesn't fit. It's kind of like it got slipped in there because people want the acronym to be as long as possible. The T doesn't work. It it, it contradicts the rest of it that says gender and sex matter, sexual attraction matters. T's like, no, none of that matters. Just you are whatever you feel like being. And so they they contradict each other. But anyways, I'll keep reading the case, uh, the, the article. The facts of this case shouldn't be surprising if you've been following Supreme Court cases like these over the last 10 years. Lori Smith is a Christian creative professional in Colorado who designs custom websites for couples to celebrate their weddings. Confession, I didn't even know this was a thing until my wife introduced me to The Knot when we were engaged. If you're a guy and you're getting married, just let her do with the planning. What you don't know can, can't hurt you, or can hurt you, but I digress. Miss Smith wants to run her business in accordance with her religious beliefs, and therefore she cannot create these websites for same-sex weddings in good conscience. The state of Colorado had a problem with that, resulting in a fight over that state's laws, which prohibits discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation. The lower court ruled that she had to make those websites or go out of business. Fortunately, the Supreme Court agreed to take her case. I was honored to file an amicus brief supporting her. The court will be hearing oral arguments on Monday. In what might come as a surprise to many, the central issue here is not freedom of religion, but freedom of speech. That may seem counterintuitive to many folks whose minds have not been warped by years of lawyering. So if that strategy doesn't make sense, let me explain. And so anyways, goes on to explain why this is actually a free speech issue instead of a freedom of religion issue. But why why should we care? Y'all, the reason why we care about these cases is what happens over there will come over here. It'll come to Alabama. And here is the playbook of the left. Happens all the time. First, they ask for tolerance. Just let a certain behavior, just let it exist. Let it happen. Let it be. Don't talk about it. Let people do things in private. Just just whatever. Tolerance. Then they move to 
acceptance. Okay, well, now it, it, it's now here. Just it's here now. Recognize it, accept it. Then they move for affirmation. Not only do you have to recognize that it is now here and uh, it's in the culture, now you have to affirm it. You have to push forward. And then finally, there is celebration. You have to celebrate it. You need the flags. You need the social media posts. If you're not as gung-ho about this, then something's wrong with you. You are evil. And so when it comes to these freedom of speech cases, we need to be able to practice what we uh, sincerely believe religiously. We need to be able to uh, to be able to say and speak things that we need to be able to privately. And that's why these things matter, because pretty soon you're going to be forced to. If you make T-shirts, if you make cakes, if you make anything with any sort of messaging, you will be forced against your sincerely held religious beliefs to affirm and to celebrate these things that go against your values. And so we want to stop it at the Supreme Court level to say, hey, you can't do that. That's why these things matter at the, at, the, at the court level. This is why we need Christian lawyers. We need Christian judges. We need Christian teachers and professors. We need people in positions of power to then allow people to practice their religion freely. Uh, the freedom of religion has kind of been gutted, as Matt Clark says. It's not as strong as it once was. But free speech, the ability to speak or not to speak, that's been more robust. That's been defended recently. And so we're going to talk more probably next week when we come back after the weekend about the Respect for Marriage Act, how we should handle that. What does that mean with the Senate passing that, probably going back to the House and then, you know, Joe Biden will sign it, all those legal proceedings. We're going to talk about what does that mean? Respect for Marriage Act passing and we'll say all right hey what how do we handle this what are our next steps but anyways that's why we care about these things because because pretty soon all these issues are coming to you so we want supreme court the the supreme court to rule as it should and not force people to transgress their uh, religion. And there was an unfortunate move in the Supreme Court, uh, I forget what case it was, that put various uh, sexual orientation things and transgender ideology things on par with race in the 1964 civil rights uh, you know that that when that was passed, that was for race, and that was wonderful. You don't want to discriminate on the basis of race, black skin, white skin, etc. That's good. But what happened is uh, homosexual activists, LGB activists, transgender activists said, "Okay, we want to take that act, civil rights, and we want to lump all these sexual orientations and personal identities that are personal choices." And we want to lump all of that in with skin color. So now discriminating against someone on the basis of their sexual lifestyle is equal. You are just as bigoted as if you discriminated against someone on the basis of their skin. And that was a move that should have never happened to to make certain lifestyles equal to the color of your skin. But it was a move that went through and then led to all of this nonsense where if you oppose someone in their sexual lifestyle, it's just as bad as if you were a racist. So anyways, these are things we'll talk about. We'll go on to uh, Planned Parenthood and the story of sexualizing children when we come back after the break. This is Priority Talk Radio, WXJC. We will be right back. 
Greg Davis here, and I want to remind you of Priority Talk's longest-running advertiser, and that's Today's Family Dentistry, your friendly dental practice conveniently located in downtown Coleman. Make your appointment to see Dr. David Kim, Dr. Key Tan, or Dr. Stephanie Young, along with an experienced and certified team of dental technicians, along with a friendly staff, I might add, who serve both children and adults with a wide range of dental services. That includes general and restorative care, along with the cosmetic enhancements to meet all of your family's dental needs. Today's Family Dentistry accepts Medicaid for children under 21, Blue Cross Blue Shield All Kids, and most commercial insurances. Give them a call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. That's Today's Family Dentistry located in downtown Coleman. Call today and make your appointment. 256-739-3337. Today's Family Dentistry in downtown Coleman. One Point USA is a security company serving churches and businesses in the state of Alabama. Don't wait until something happens to protect your employees and your valuable property. One Point USA's experienced staff understands your security needs and wants to help you before a problem arises. From video surveillance to card access control and commercial security systems, One Point USA has got you covered. Call One Point USA today at 205 701 0191. That's 205-701-0191 or visit OnePointUSA.com. That's the number OnePointUSA.com. OnePointUSA. Be secure. Are you listening or just joined us? Guess what? It's time to call Greg at 205-941-1011. Hi, I'm Pastor Greg Mott, and I'm the author of I Am Changes Who I Am, and you are listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk. Welcome back to Priority Talk Radio live on this Friday night. I'm your host, Nate Williams. We have Andrew in the studio with us, holding it down. Uh, Andrew, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Oh, yeah, man. That's good to hear. We got, uh, we're here on this Friday night. Got the weekend. Hope y'all are doing good. Hope y'all are driving safely wherever you're going. Or maybe you're listening to this later on our podcast, Priority Talk. Well, if so, I hope you're doing good with whatever you're off and doing. And let's see, what are we talking about now? Uh, from the Daily Wire, the Planned Parenthood exec said children are born sexual, wants kid porn literacy lessons. So there's a Planned Parenthood executive that said children are born sexual and 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 let me tell you uh, why the left wants to sexualize children if you are a relatively normal person you hold to this thing you said okay children need to learn about sex and sexuality at age appropriate times right so it's not don't teach your kids certain things but just just like you need to teach them things when they can handle. It's called age-appropriate lessons. But with the left, particularly the further left you go, the woker you go, they want that age to eventually be non-existent. Going back to John Money and Alfred Kinsey, I think it's Alfred Kinsey, and their awful, horrific sexual experiments on children and babies, where some of this gender ideology comes from, and the, the thought is this, to be human is to be 
sexually expressive. So if you are human, you want to engage in certain behaviors, certain uh, do certain things. Why? Because that's what it means to kind of be yourself and to find out who you are and to explore and to experiment. Then you have these nasty old backwards conservatives that want to save, uh, you know, a sex for marriage or wait till you're older to learn certain things. And they view that as positively medieval. As, oh, you're, you're, you're repressing people. You're holding people back. Why You should want people to be as sexually active as possible, as early as possible. And so that's why there's a movement among the woke to educate kids as soon as possible, as early as they can get their hands on kids to teach them to be sexually active physically. Because, well, one, it's a perversion, yes. But also they think that's what it means to be human. And so it comes from the sexual revolution where the goal is to have as many partners as possible to experiment because that's what liberation means. It means no rules. It means no boundaries, no barriers. Go do whatever the heck you want because that's where you're human. You are discovering yourself. But as Christians, we know that God made boundaries for a reason. That to be human does not mean to experiment, find yourself, to, to, to destroy barriers, destroy institutions. No, though they're put there for a reason and so that they're for our safety. So that when we do explore, we do so in a safe manner that's not self-destructive. Our kids are just so anxious, depressed, confused, lost, unhappy, because that's what happens when you take away all those boundaries. When you take away all the institutions that help to mold and shape people, and you say, hey, figure it all out yourself. Do your own thing. You are who you are. Discover yourself. You can be boy, girl, he, she, it, they, them, zezer, zezer, uh, I've heard all the different things, a cat, a dog. All of a sudden that stresses kids out because we weren't meant to be that way. We were meant to have proper institutions in our life, government, church, family, parents, community. These are good institutions that were then supposed to mold us and shape us to be good members of society, spiritually developed, good, healthy, whole, virtuous people. And then from there, you could explore and create because you had a good foundation. Now, all the rules are removed and our kids are miserable because we need direction. We need roles. We need all those things. And so when the woke want to do this to our kids and say, oh, hey, you know, uh, just uh, learn pornography and learn various sexual activities. I won't get too much more graphic than that. At as young as age as possible, that destroys kids because they don't know what to do. They don't know who they are. They don't know. They, they, they don't know. They don't know what they don't know. What are your thoughts? 205-941-1011. But there is a worldview behind it. Sometimes if you're kind of on the conservative side, you shake your head and be like, wow, some of these people, you see kids at, at drag shows, kids touching barely clothed adults doing very, very adult things on stage, throwing money at these adults and all these. And you're like, and you're like wow, what is this? This is ridiculous. This is terrible. Know that, yes, it is a perversion, but it comes from a worldview, a worldview that mean that, that, that says to be human is to be sexually active. 
And so if you want to help the kids, you want them to be as active as possible. You want them experimenting on as much as possible because to be human means to define for yourself what life is, what life's about. This gets back to existential existentialism. If we have any philosophy nerds out there with Nietzsche, Jean-Paul Sartre, others, where they said, all right, uh, you to be human, you, you define who you are. You create meaning in your life. You uh, you are the one that um, creates the world for yourself in a way. And it's a very narcissistic worldview. You don't let anyone tell you what to do. Institutions exist to affirm who you are. If they don't affirm who you are, you destroy them. And so colleges and jobs and government, their whole job is to tell you that you're wonderful and for you to do whatever the heck you want. And then what that leads to is chaos. That leads to a culture that collapses in on itself. One example of this is the declining birth rate in the Western world. It is very concerning that the birth rate in a lot of places is below 2.0. Because, y'all, again, I'm not a mathematician. I'm not the most educated person on these things. But I can do basic math. If the birth rate is below 2.0, you're not replacing the people who are here. What happens when the birth rate declines is that a population gets older. As a population gets older, there's not enough young people to keep the economy going and take care of the older generation. Society collapses. There's poverty. There's no creation, ingenuity, nothing's uh, moving forward. Again, you're either growing or declining. Plateau, I don't know how much of a thing that actually is. If you're plateauing, you're declining. So we want to be growing. And again, it all goes all by this uh, mindset that's that's changed, this worldview that's changed that says everything is about you. And so people don't have children. People don't build families. People don't contribute in society because everything is just designed around the individual, what makes you happy. And so, friends, we have uh, we're going to be talking about some more stuff on the other side of this break we're heading towards 5 30 we got an hour and a half more of good things for you when we get back we're going to talk about something that happened in loudon county that's wonderful that we should celebrate we'll talk about that on the other side of the break and then after that we will talk about how as christians we need to be known for our future we need to be known for what we stand for. Too often, Christians are known for the rules and the laws. And it's like, yes, sure, there are things like do not murder. Yeah, I get that. We need that for society to function. But also, we're for things. We're building things. We're telling stories. We have our own vision of, of the future that we need to do a better job of telling people about. So all of that is on the other side of the break. We'll talk about that. This is Priority Talk Radio. Check us out. We will be right back. Hey, this is Greg, and ever since the first time I visited Israel in 1999, I've encouraged others to also experience the land of the Bible for themselves. I'm wondering if you've ever dreamed of visiting the Holy Land and walking where Jesus walked. If so, why don't you pray about touring Israel with me in the summer of 2023? We will experience a 10-day pilgrimage that will include visiting biblical sites around the Sea of Galilee and actually taking an inspirational boat ride on the same waters that Jesus walked upon. We will also visit the holy sites in the city of Jerusalem, including Golgotha and the Garden Tomb. You'll also experience the Dead Sea and many significant Old Testament sites. The Bible will come alive to you like never before. Are you interested at all? Email me. Greg at PriorityTalkRadio.com and I'll share with you much more information about this trip of a lifetime. 
Email me, greg at PriorityTalkRadio.com for more information on traveling with me to the Holy Land in summer of 2023. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. Welcome back to Priority Talk Radio Live on this Friday night. I'm your host, Nate Williams. We have Andrew in the studio. Y'all make sure to check out our website, PriorityTalkRadio.com. Check out our podcast, Priority Talk. It's in Apple, Spotify, elsewhere. Y'all stay up to date on all the happenings. As we continue to talk about the news on the other side of 530, we have an article from the Christian Post that's uh, by Ryan Foley that says Loudoun County schools to require parental notification before exposing kids to sexually explicit content. The Loudoun County School Board in Virginia, which has faced parent protests in recent years that have garnered national headlines, will now require schools to notify parents when their children may be exposed to sexually explicit material. And I think that's wonderful within reason. So as a as a teenager gets older let's say 16 17 18 like okay they they need to know sexual things like you do have to be able to function in the adult world like okay i get that but also i love the involvement with parents among the the further left you go among the woke there there is a movement to remove parents from kids there's this thought that goes all the way back to plato where you need to remove kids from their parents and it's actually the government that raises kids and that's the way some on the very left think of it they think no it's actually the government that should be raising the kids and you just i guess need parents for the biological production part of things that we won't get into too much but what happens with uh, more on the conservative Christian side, we we don't agree with that. We think parents are absolutely necessary. We want parents involved in everything. We want parents running for positions. We want parents coaching, volunteering, teaching. And uh, I think that's one of the the great mysteries of the world is that all the, the woker you go and you have a lot of people that don't have kids and then they don't have kids and then they want to kind of rule over and create child policy when they have no personal experience. That's more of a personal thing. I just noticed that with a lot of these people, the woker you get, they'll have very strong opinions on families and kids. But then oftentimes they don't have any kids and they don't want kids because you know that might um, mess up their lifestyle but on more on the conservative christian side we think parents should be involved as much as possible we celebrate that we think that's a good thing and so when you see something like this loudon county schools to require parental notification before exposing kids to sexually explicit content we love that because there's a movement in this country to do things to children and with children and completely ignore the parents kids can change their name change their pronoun get certain drugs you know have abortions maybe certain things with a you know changing their gender and surgery and things like that and the whole goal is to do as much of that as possible 
without telling parents. Because parents are seen potentially as the enemy, and if the parents don't go along with these things, well, the parents are being abusive. Friends, that's the ultimate goal with all of this, just a heads up. You see it in Canada, that if the woke have their way with parents, parents will have to go with all this gender identity nonsense, all of this, and, and, and completely affirm and celebrate it, or kids will be taken away. Again, you see it in Canada, where if you don't celebrate and affirm certain things about a kid, even though the kid has no idea what they're talking about, if you don't celebrate that as a parent, you will be labeled as an abuser and your kid will be taken from you. And so that's the kind of future that we don't want to happen. But in order for that not to happen, friends, we need good Christians that know their theology, know their Bible, know the science. We need them in every part of culture. We need them at our schools. We need Christian professors. I know I've encountered this thought a lot among Christians like, oh, college is where people go to lose their faith, higher educations, this, that, the other. Well, guess what? What happens in the academy, what happens on campuses makes its way around to everywhere else. There is this thought, I've said this multiple times, in conservative world where it's, okay, kids go off to college, they learn a bunch of woke nonsense, then they come back and the real world teaches them lessons. They have to pay taxes for the first time, they have to actually go live life, and then life teaches them about that nonsense. What happens is when you have these woke students then go into every layer of society, government, business, school, education, all that, what happens is then they start to mold these institutions and shape them into their own ideology. And so we want to not let that happen, but in order for that to happen, we need Christians to be in every part of society. So don't tell your kids, hey, don't do something, because maybe God might be moving them to be a major player in the field they want to enter. We need Christian professors. Y'all, it's, it's that simple. We need Christian professors because professors teach countless kids. We need Christian teachers. We need these people in various spheres of influence because then that's what changes culture. What happened in the 60s and 70s with the sexual revolution, now we're a couple generations past that, but we're seeing the result of that kind of ideology that started on the campuses that then permeated everything to where the definition of family is broken. Any family and any combination is good. Well, that's not true. Any marriage between any number of people for any reason, uh, any gender, that'll work. Well, that's not true. Uh, You look at all these things, the breakdown of society, you know, father's not in the home. Well, guess what? That's celebrated. Fathers aren't needed because uh, any combination of family members will work perfectly. Well, we know from studies and research that's not the case. Kids need fathers. Kids need parents together. We also know basic biology You need a man and a woman. Again, won't get too much into the birds and the bees, uh, friends, but you need a man and a woman for the uh, continuation of society. We already talked about birth rates uh, before the break, I believe. So, friends, going back to this story, Loudoun County Schools, check in with parents. That's what we're pushing for. Parents, do you know what your kids are learning? 
Do you know the kind of ideologies going on? What Are you aware? So make sure you just know what's going on. Know the curriculum. Know what's being taught. Because your kid is then going to go when they graduate college, if, if they go to college, wherever they end up being, they're going to take that ideology, whatever they're taught, and then mold and shape their workplace. So we want them to have good values. And so that's what we talk about here on the show. Good news, Christian values. We want people to have those values so that they go and influence the world for Christ. Friends, this is Priority Talk Radio, WXJC. Make sure to check out our uh, our social media at Priority Talk. Make sure to check out our podcast. And on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about what it means to actually have a vision for the future. Because as Christians, we're often known for being against thing, things. Oh, I don't think this is true, by the way. Oh, you hate women. Oh, you hate immigrants. Oh, you that you, we're known for what we're against. And that has to stop. If we can't tell a good story, if we can't tell what we're actually for, then we're going to disappear because eventually conservatism, conservatism, I should say, that is a losing battle in and of itself. If all you're trying to do is conserve, you're going to lose. It might be a slow loss. You might stem the tide for a while, but conserving the past means something more than just having your arms out, trying to hold back the avalanche. You will lose that battle. You need to be able to talk about a future, a hope and a joy, a vision of what society should be. You actually have to be able to tell a good story, positive, forward thinking. Friends, I'm going to say this, and don't don't come at me. I don't want to get nasty emails or phone calls. We are to be progressive. Now, I don't mean progressive in the current sense, like the political sense, but progressive is from the word progress. Christians are for progress, friends. We are the, uh, it was the on the backs of Christian scientists and Christian thinkers like Descartes and others that that we got the world that we have today we are very progressive if you're just purely talking about actual progress i don't mean woke leftist ideology it is conservatives that are for progress because we take what's best from the past the institutions that god has handed us and by the grace of jesus we want to move forward and see the, the, the new heavens and the new earth, the new creation. Again, good news, Christian values. We are progressive in that we actually know what progress looks like that's not completely self-destructive. How do, how do we know that I'm right? Well, look at this modern world, this Judeo-Christian world, the West that was built on Christian values is a result of Christians who take seriously the Bible and Christian values and Christian ethics and then create a society, not a perfect one, sure, but a very forward and progressive one. Well, guess what? Conservatives can do that again and again and again from a good foundation. We'll talk about that more on the other side of the break. This is Priority Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nate Williams. We will be right back. Priority Talk. Marketing can be overwhelming. The marketing landscape is full of holes to lose your money. Stop trying to piece your marketing together. Start marketing with a purpose. 
Dot Edison Marketing is your full-service marketing partner. They are your business's outsourced marketing team. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at dotedison.com. This is Greg, and I want you to know about my friend Jeff Harding and Alabama Reliable Roofing. Your local roofing expert since 1998, Alabama Reliable Roofing provides residential and commercial clients with exceptional roofing services. Jeff and his experienced team are well-equipped to provide repairs and installations of shingle and metal roofs. Look, I know the importance of a roof and that it's one of the biggest investments you make in your home, place of business, or church facilities. Alabama Reliable Roofing understands this as well and has the experience to work with your insurance company in case of storm damage. So whether your roof has suffered from storm damage and needs repairs, or it just may be time for a new roof, you need an inspection to determine the next steps. Company owner Jeff Harding is waiting on your phone call and will be personally involved with every job. Call him at 205-369-9630 for a no-obligation conversation and a free estimate. Look at their work on the Alabama Reliable Roofing Facebook page and then call Jeff at 205-369-9630. Alabama Reliable Roofing, 205-369-9630. This is Glenn Coffey, former running back of the Alabama Crimson Tide, and you're listening to Grad Davis on Priority Talk. Welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nate Williams. We are here live on this Friday night. We have Andrew in the studio holding things down. Greg Davis is out traveling. And so I'm going to finish out this first hour strong because I'm on a roll with what we're talking about. But don't go anywhere because from 6 to 7, I'm going to talk about various cults and how you, what, they, what do they believe. I'll share some details and we'll talk about that a little bit. So don't go anywhere. That's in the second hour. As I finish out this first hour, again, we're on from 5 to 7. So at the end of this first hour, I'm going to keep going with what I was talking about before the break. Friends, conservatives are to be progressive. And what I mean by that is we are to have a vision of the future. I don't mean progressive in the woke sense, because that's actually regressive. That's destructive. That uh, there, There's no part of woke ideology that's ever built anything, whereas uh, the West was built on Christian values and uh, democracy and justice and things like that, all things that uh, justice and goodness and uh, all things that stem from the very character and being of God himself. And that built the, the, the Western world that's done some pretty amazing things. The woke ideology hasn't built nothing. It's regressive. It's destructive. And we see that with what's happening with our kids and how everyone's miserable and anxious. And so on the conservative side, you take the best of the past. You take institutions ordained by God to perform certain functions. And you more move forward into the future. But in order to do that, you have to be known for what you're for. What are we building if conservatives are in places of political power? What are we building? What are we after? What, what, what is the positive case? Too often we're known for what we're against, but what are we for? What's, what's beautiful, to use some Greek philosophy a little bit, what's beautiful to conservatives? What's good and what's true? Again, that's a little bit of a Greek philosophy right there. What, what, what's beautiful to us, to, to Christians? Friends, I'd argue what's beautiful is a government 
that stands for justice, that rewards good, punishes evil, and lets its citizens live in peace. I'd argue for the family. It's a mother and a father with children. Producing a children, being fruitful, multiplying. It's fathers protecting being strong men. Mothers protecting, nurturing, everyone doing as they should. And again, that's going to look different depending on the individual situation. I'm not saying all couples and families should look the same. But again, there, there are certain roles. Me as a man, I'm to protect my wife. It's why I'm here. So what are we for? What are we building? We want uh, strong communities. We want people to be shaped by the church spiritually. We want our education system to emphasize good family values. We want the uh, pursuit of truth. We want clear, uh, clear, critical thinking. It's so funny when me as a radio host, when I mess up the word clear, it's like that's the whole point of the word. We want clear, critical thinking. We want to take care of nature because God put us over nature to rule over it, to tend it, and take care of it as he does. These are things that we're for. We want to build a society where, again, um, let's see, this is from Isaiah, where that's uh, with, with Jesus, really. We look forward to a future in heaven. Now, this is Jesus ruling. This is not you and me. We don't have the power to do this. But with Jesus ruling, look at this imagery from Isaiah 11. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. And his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or, or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. And the le now, now, okay, I'm going to pause here. All good imagery. Pay attention to this vision kind of casting. I don't know. That kind of sounds businessy, vision casting. But think of, uh, of the picture that's being drawn. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together and his and a little child shall lead them the cow and the bear shall graze their young shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like the ox the nursing child shall play over the hold of the cobra and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den they shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the lord as the waters cover the sea friends with the leadership of jesus again this is the future friends y'all i'm not saying I'm not like one of those Christian warriors that that's, you might find more with radical Islam, where it's up to us to, to take weapons and go and transform the world physically to be as we see fit. No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not for that. This is Jesus ruling and reigning in the future. Uh, this clear uh, in verse 1, there shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse. Uh, so we're, we're talking about Jesus in the future. But until that point, 
Christians can still live by good Christian values of peace. Just leave people alone. The government needs to leave people alone. This is, again, a biblical New Testament value so that its people can live in peace. The government should reward good, punish evil, uh, and, and let people go and explore within, within good, healthy boundaries. Go explore. Create. Humans are, are brilliant. Create movies and music and, and allow science to flourish because the Christian worldview is the one that allowed modern science to be what it is today. It was the, again, the Descartes and others, the Einsteins. Well, Einstein, he was not Christian. Who am I thinking of? Newton. Newton was, uh, he held to some Christian things. His doctrine was a little wonky theologically. But again, he was theistic. You have a lot of Christian scientists. You have uh, Mendel, I believe, and uh, just more that uh, I'm... Uh, uh, J, uh, Warner Wallace, uh, J. Warner Wallace is good with this in The Person of Interest. He talks about all these uh, fathers of modern science and uh, different fields, how they were Christians. He does a much better job. I check out that resource. It's incredible. Uh, Person of Interest by J. Warner Wallace. But anyways, the modern world, with all its incredible technology, it was the foundation for that was Christianity, friends. So as uh, conservatives... What are we known for? What are we building? We can tut tut the world, but eventually the world gets tired of that. Don't tell me what I can't do. What are you for? What vision are you building? I'm not for utopia. You read about some utopian elements in the Bible about the world being all great and awesome. That's when Jesus comes back and he reigns. We're not to install a utopia. We're just going to mess everything up. So that's when Jesus comes back and he reigns. But until that point, friends, we're still for the good news and Christian values. We want to see relationships healed. We want to see divorce races, uh, divorce rates go down. We want to see children, um, I guess, off the phone, the addicted addiction to social media and to be outside. And, and so are we telling a good story? I think of another thing. Again, this is when you know, before the throne, this is God instituting this as Christians. We wait for Jesus. But again, another image that I will uh, with this segment as we head into the second hour, I'm going to read for you. This is Revelation chapter seven. After this, I looked and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. OK, so stop there. Imagine a great multi multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Friends, that's incredible. Ultimately, as Christians, we want to see people know Jesus. That's our ultimate vision. Yes, we want society, society to be good and healthy. Yes. We want government to be just and fair and to, frankly, leave us alone. Yes, sure. But from our faith standpoint, we got to tell people about Jesus. That's ultimately what we're after. Society is important, and we do want to stand for truth. We want to protect the poor, the weak, 
the voiceless, the defenseless, the vulnerable. Yes, we want to do all those things. But above all, we want people to know Jesus, friends. That's what we're after, Jesus and the gospel. That's what we're here to do. And that's what we're trying to do through this radio station. Maybe you're just joining us and you're wondering, okay, what is this radio station about? This radio station, 5 to 7, Priority Talk, Monday through Friday, is about good news and Christian values. We talk about the gospel. The gospel is the foundation. We are sinners. God has saved us by the blood of Jesus. Jesus lived the perfect life for us. And he died on the cross for our sins. Uh, Three days later, he rose again, ascended into heaven. We proclaim his name. And then from there, you have a good gospel foundation. We uh, proclaim and we try to spread Christian values. We care about justice in society. We want to show mercy. We want to love. We want to defend those who can't defend themselves. There are all these things that stem from a life uh, built on the gospel and uh, society as God desires, we want to see, all right, what does God care about? And then, then that's what we care about on our end. And so circling back to the beginning of this segment, as we head again into our second hour, y'all don't go anywhere. We'll be talking about cults when we come back. But I guess concluding this particular thought, as conserved as we need to be able to tell a good story, we need to be able to cast a vision for the future We need to be known for what we're for, what we're building, what we're creating, not just what we're against, even though some of that stuff is important, like obviously against murder, against theft, against uh, behavior that's very destructive. So yes, we are against those things. But more than that, we want to build a better world. Not that we're going to be perfect. We're not aiming for utopia. We're waiting for Jesus to come back to rule and reign for some of those things. But we still want to build a good society on Christian values as best we can. This is Priority Talk Radio. We will be right back after the break. Do not go anywhere. Hey, this is Greg, and ever since the first time I visited Israel in 1999, I've encouraged others to also experience the land of the Bible for themselves. I'm wondering if you've ever dreamed of visiting the Holy Land and walking where Jesus walked. If so, why don't you pray about touring Israel with me in the summer of 2023? We will experience a 10-day pilgrimage that will include visiting biblical sites around the Sea of Galilee and actually taking an inspirational boat ride on the same waters that Jesus walked upon. We will also visit the holy sites in the city of Jerusalem, including Golgotha and the Garden Tomb. You'll also experience the Dead Sea and many significant Old Testament sites. The Bible will come alive to you like never before. Are you interested at all? Email me, greg at priorititalkradio.com, and I'll share with you much more information about this trip of a lifetime. Email me, greg at priorititalkradio.com, for more information on traveling with me to the Holy Land in summer of 2023. It's time to raise your voice. It's time to be heard. Because everything counts. Everything matters. Good news. Christian values. Alabama's Christian Talk Radio with Greg Davis. 
Priority Talk. Hey, hey, welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nate Williams. We have Andrew in the studio, and we are rolling into the second hour. Many of you know by this point, we are on Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. We had a whole first hour. Make sure to check that out on our podcast if you missed it, Priority Talk. And we have a lot of apologetics content to talk about in the second hour. So with each segment of the second hour from 6 to 7, we'll be talking about a separate cult, a separate group that has some ties to Christianity. I'm not saying they are Christian, but they might use the Bible. Uh, They might say that they are Christians or followers of God or true believers, whatever they might call themselves. And so we're going to talk about that tonight. Our first one is from the Christian Post. Uh, The Christian Post writes about Yi Kyrie and the black Hebrew Israelite elephant in the room. This is by uh, Michael Brown, who contributes to the Christian Post from time to time. And uh, he is a Messianic Jewish apologist, I believe, and he's really good. He's uh, educated, smart, uh, witty, fast uh, thinking. And I think we've interviewed him on the show before. So he writes about the black Hebrew Israelites. Now, if you're like me and you're into apologetics, you have a lot of the bases covered, right? You have a lot of bases when it comes to atheism, when it comes to maybe some new age spirituality, something like that. You, on those things, maybe you'll talk about a works-based salvation. You, you know your bases with Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9. Maybe you, you'll see certain things time and time again that you're well-versed. But occasionally, if you're like me, and sometimes you're not able to research every group out there that's ever existed you'll come across something that'll catch you by surprise now i've heard of the black hebrew israelites but i can honestly say i haven't done a ton of study on them so i came across this article and i was like you know what we are going to talk about it and so this is from michael brown talking about black hebrew israelites and he describes an encounter in a major american city And I'll read it. In the early 1990s, while walking the streets of Manhattan before an outreach service one Saturday afternoon, I heard a loud voice booming through a PA system. When I got closer to the sound, I was surprised to see a small crowd of listeners, all of them black, listening carefully to the speaker who was standing on a platform with bodyguards standing on the street in front of him. Their outfits, which looked like a cross between Star Wars and some type of angelic garb, were striking. However, it was their words which struck harder. They were quoting the Bible and some other books, even using occasional Hebrew words. Immediately, I realized who they were. They taught that they were the original and true Israelites, and that white Jews, like me, again, this is Michael Brown speaking, or writing in this case, and that white Jews like me were not real Jews. Rather, we were the manifestation of Satan. I politely challenged the speaker, asking him why Hitler wanted to kill us if we weren't real Jews, to which he gave a very weak reply, instead trying to provoke the crowd against me. 
And then it goes on in the article to say, over the years, however, these black Hebrew Israelites, who have many different groups and divisions among them, have continued to grow and expand their influence to the point that they appear to have well over one million adherents nationwide. More tellingly, millions more black Americans are sympathetic to their viewpoints. Now with Yee, formerly known as Kanye West, and Kyrie Irving disseminating their teaching, and with videos of hundreds of their adherents marching through Brooklyn chanting that we are the real Jews and it's time to wake up, this sect can no longer be ignored. Uh, Christian apologists have become more aware of this cult in recent years, addressing the very real need to refute their biblical, theological, and historical errors. But to the general American public, including the Jewish American public, much of this has taken place unawares. To be clear, there are black Jews, some of, the, some of whom trace their ancestry to African slaves who were brought to our country, passing on their traditions over the centuries. And DNA testing has validated the claims of groups like the Lemba tribe in Zimbabwe, some of whom trace their ancestry back to the priestly line of Aaron in the Bible, going all the way back to the days of Moses. But the claims of the black Hebrew Israelites are different. They believe that all blacks, and in some cases Hispanics, can trace their lineage back to the original 12 tribes of Israel. They also believe that most Jews worldwide, include Israeli Jews, are not really Jews at all. Instead, in a misuse of the words of Jesus in Revelation 2 verse 9 and 3 verse 9, these Jews are frauds, literally the synagogue of Satan. Today, it is ye saying that he can't be anti-Semitic because he himself is a Jew, while Kyrie, who has since apologized, recommended a movie espousing these very ideologies. And so I read this article from the Christian Post by Michael Brown, and I was very interested. Have y'all had any experience with black Hebrew Israelites? It's a, it's a small group comparatively, but when you have very famous people like Kanye West or Ye, whatever he calls himself right now, uh, or Kyrie Irving and others that are a part of this group apparently, or at least believe similar things to this group, it's going to rapidly grow in popularity. And you'll see, uh, going to another apologetics uh, resource, uh, CARM, I think that's uh, Creation Answers and Research Ministries, if I have that acronym right, but CARM, C-A-R-M. They have an article on the black Hebrew Israelites, and they talk about just, uh, there, there are some, I'm not going to lie, some racist teachings from this group. When you take people who are clearly Jews and then say, oh, they're not Jews. Well, that's pretty anti-Semitic, in, in my opinion. And I think there's also an evidence problem as well when you uh, make certain claims and you're going to ignore genealogies. That's one thing about the Jewish people. They, uh, depending on you know the situation, they have kept incredible genealogies, oftentimes going back to uh, the ancient nation of Israel in some way, shape, or form. And so to take a, a large group of people and say, hey, y'all aren't actually Jews because of the color of your skin, well, there are some problems there, right? I would say that's hell is, uh, you know, uh, that one of their teachings is like hell does not exist. So there might be a problem with uh, some Christian doctrine there. Uh, they might say, now I'm going to the doctrine part of reading reading through a, a 
article by Carm. Uh, when it comes to Jesus, there's no consensus on who the Messiah is. Uh, they would say the Trinity is a false teaching. The Trinity doesn't exist. Uh, white people, white people are seen as conspirator, uh, conspirators who attempt to persecute the black people and hide their true identity as Israelites. Many black Hebrew Israelites see white people as almost subhuman. So you'll see some racist tendencies. Now, the way uh, this is kind of an interesting tactic, the way people can get away with some of these things is one, depending on politically, if you're more on the left side, you'll get away with saying racist things because you're woke, you, you hold to certain ideologies that give you a pass. But another way in, in this situation, which is more religious, you can get away with saying racist things is by saying that you're Jewish. So when you go around and you say anti-Semitic things, and you then shrug and say, well, I'm Jewish, so I can say those things. Well, you're kind of giving yourself a pass, and that's what happens here as well. Uh, there is, uh, let's see, no official canon of scripture. So black Hebrew Israelites might not necessarily have like a set book. You know, they'll quote the Bible here and the Bible there. Uh, they, uh, they, again, say that they are the actual true uh, Israelites. So that's where uh, Hebrews, that's where they get some of their stuff. They minimize the person of Jesus. They deny the Trinity, just going through this article. They say salvation is only in the Hebrew name of Jesus. And what is that name? I just caught it above. It says uh, the Yeshua ben Yah, if I'm pronouncing that right. That's the Yeshua, the son of Yah, and God is Yah. But anyways, friends, uh, do y'all have any experience with the black Hebrew Israelites? Uh, make sure to follow us on social media at Priority Talk and let us know. What, what do you think? What are, what are some comments you have? But what, also, you know, what happens is when you take a minor cultish movement, but then you put some of the celebrities at the very top of it. I know Scientology's done that uh, a little bit with Tom Cruise. I don't know if Tom Cruise is still a part of Scientology, but... You'll get, you'll attract a lot of people because they're like, oh, well, uh, you know, Kanye, Kanye believes it. He has a large following. Kyrie believes it. He has a large following. And I think this is where good, clear biblical teachings needed. The main way that you answer and refute cults is through good biblical teaching so that you're not misled. I know we have a lot of good friends here at Priority Talk that help us out with that. You have the Arc Apologetics with Cleet Hux. We've talked with apolog apologists in the past, uh, Michael Brown being one of them. So make sure to check out some of those resources. You can call into the show. You can ask us questions. But also, you can go check out some other resources like Cross-Examined with Dr. Turek. Sean McDowell is good. Uh, Greg Kokel and Stand to Reason. So at this point, when you have a cult and you don't know how to refute every aspect of it, I'm going to be uh, perfectly honest with you. I was aware of the black Hebrew Israelites, but I wasn't like overly invested in researching them. But now I am because now they're more on our radar. And so therefore, you need to be able to have answers uh, when we come back from the break. We're going to be talking about more cults. We talk about black Hebrew Israelites here just briefly. Then we're going to talk about Jehovah's Witnesses on the other side. Where did, where did they come from? What do they believe? After that, we'll talk about the Latter-day Saints, the Mormons. 
Where do they come from? And what do they believe? And then finally, we will finish up this second hour with Scientology and some of their stuff as well. It's going to be a great hour. Apologetics. I love apologetics. It's my thing. And we will be right back. Make sure y'all check out our, our website, PriorityTalkRadio.com. Make sure to check out our podcast if you missed something. And uh, y'all don't go anywhere. We have cults on the other side of this. How should we think? What should we believe? Let's stay firmly rooted in Scripture. We will be right back. Priority Talk. Hey, this is Greg. And ever since the first time I visited Israel in 1999, I've encouraged others to also experience the land of the Bible for themselves. I'm wondering if you've ever dreamed of visiting the Holy Land and walking where Jesus walked. If so, why don't you pray about touring Israel with me in the summer of 2023? We will experience a 10-day pilgrimage that will include visiting biblical sites around the Sea of Galilee and actually taking an inspirational boat ride on the same waters that Jesus walked upon. We will also visit the holy sites in the city of Jerusalem, including Golgotha and the Garden Tomb. You'll also experience the Dead Sea and many significant Old Testament sites. The Bible will come alive to you like never before. Are you interested at all? Email me. Greg at PriorityTalkRadio.com and I'll share with you much more information about this trip of a lifetime. Email me, Greg at PriorityTalkRadio.com for more information on traveling with me to the Holy Land in summer of 2023. Hi, Alabama. This is Robert Jeffers, Bible teacher on Pathway to Victory. Thank you so much for listening to Priority Talk with my friend, Greg Davis, right here on WXJC. Welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. Here we are on the second hour. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Greg Davis is out traveling. Andrew's in the studio. And for the second hour, we are talking about cults. We are talking about now, what is a cult? I don't mean it in a negative derogatory way, even though it does have that kind of that feel to it. Oh, you're part of a cult. You're crazy. So there is that kind of popular way of using the word. By cult, I just mean an offshoot of Christianity, kind of a pseudo-Christian or, well, in the case of what we talked about in the first segment of the second hour, black Hebrew Israelites, it might be an offshoot of Judaism. I don't know. But in this section, we're going to talk about cults and the cults, the, the cult we are talking about for this part is Jehovah's Witnesses. Who are they? What do they believe? Well, that's those are good questions. They were started in the, around 1870. Charles Taze Russell began an independent Bible study focusing on the second coming of Christ and biblical chronology. He, pub, he published his views in several books and began lecturing in 1878. In 1879, Russell founded the monthly publication Zion's Watchtower and Herald of Christ's Presence which were used by study groups he established. Zion's Watchtower and Tract Society was incorporated in 1884 with Russell as president. From 1886 until his death in 1916, Russell wrote a series of books called Studies in the Scriptures. Their contents formed the basis of Jehovah's Witnesses' unchristian 
theology. I'm getting this from the North American Mission Board, NAM, and that's where I am reading this from. They have a little article there. And it goes on to talk about uh, different aspects of Jehovah's Witness theology and history. One thing you want to notice automatically is Jehovah's Witnesses were formed around false, uh, partly uh, false predictions of when Jesus was going to return. We know from the Bible that you are to be very wary of false prophets. In fact, the penalty for being a false prophet in the Old Testament was death. Now, it's not here in America, you know, someone can falsely prophesy and I'm not going to go out and, you know, go do something terrible to them other than not follow them on social media and not listen to them in my personal life. But you do not take seriously false prophets personally. Now, if they're misleading lots of people, that's something else. But one of the measures of a liar is making a prediction that doesn't come true. So when you have Jehovah's Witnesses being based around the second coming of Christ and they get things so painfully wrong, well, then that should tell you something about the movement as a whole. So moving on to the Bible, what does Jehovah's Witnesses believe about the Bible? Uh, they will change very, this is common, Mormons do it too, and we'll, we'll talk about Mormonism next. They will change the Bible to fit their theology. So one of the things they believe about Jesus is they don't believe Jesus is God. They don't believe Jesus is God the way, same way that Christians do, even though they'll use similar language. So, for example, the Jehovah's Witness Bible translation, the New World Translation, I think as it's called, it reflects their theology, especially as bias against the deity of Jesus Christ and the historic doctrine of the Trinity. For example, in their Bible... John 1 verse 1 reads, and the word was a God in the New World Translation. Well, what does it say in our Christian translations? The word was God. So the word was Jesus, right? And so that's John 1. 1 chapter 1 talks about a lot of that stuff and making that connection there for the reader. And, but But... The Jehovah's Witness Bible has to downplay that, has to do away with that. And like, no, 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 Jesus was not fully God, this, that, the other. And so they change it to, and the word was a God, like little g, you know, someone important. Well, the problem with that is in the Greek, you actually can do that. The the Sometimes putting certain articles like a and the, you can play with it in the Greek a little bit. There, there's some room to play. But the problem is, whatever you do, you have to be consistent. So if you're going to say, uh, and the word was a God, and say, oh, you know, minimizing Jesus' deity, you have to put a in front of everything else. And they don't do that. They're just, uh, they just change scripture to kind of fit their theology, anything to minimize who Jesus is. But then when it comes to other sentences where you could do the same thing, they'll leave it be and they, they won't do that weird little thing. No, it's, and the word was God. That's John 1 verse 1. Another part is uh, just, they will say Jesus was the first created being. This is very common in cults. Jesus, oh, he's so important. Jesus is, wow, what, what a great guy, but he was created. He was, uh, and you'll, you'll say that 
to minimize Jesus's deity or downplay it or remove it. And we know that Jesus is fully God. Uh, I guess theologically, historically, has he's been uh, from the Father, uh, begotten in eternity, uh, however you want to use that language. So he's Jesus is eternal with the Father, uh, from the Father, uh, and uh, it can really get complicated. But to simplify it for you, Jesus is fully God. He is eternal. He is not created. He is not one of God's created beings. And cults will get in trouble there because they want to downplay who Jesus is. What else? Uh, oh, the Holy Spirit when it comes to uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. They would say that the Holy Spirit is God's active force. He's not an actual person. The personality and deity of the Holy Spirit is denied. The Holy Spirit is not capitalized in the New World Translation, the N-W-T. With this viewpoint, it is logical to conclude, this is quoting Jehovah's Witnesses, it is logical to conclude that the Holy Spirit is the active force of God. It is not a person, but it's a powerful, powerful force that God causes to emanate from himself to accomplish his holy will. The biblical response is this. The personality of the Holy Spirit is evidenced in numerous New Testament scriptures. The Holy Spirit being a person is all over the Bible. His deity is demonstrated by his divine attributes as revealed in scripture. The Holy Spirit convicts the lost of sin. He indwells believers. He empowers them to live a Christian life. And so the Holy Spirit is a, is a part of the Trinity. And we affirm that. The Holy Spirit is just not like God's active force. Oh, like you might think of Star Wars or something. I don't know. It's, that's not who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is a person just like the Son. And what else is there to there? Uh, okay, Jehovah's Witnesses have two classes of saved people. Only 144,000 faithful elect Jehovah's Witnesses, known as the anointed class, will go to heaven at death to rule with Jesus. So you kind of have like the super saints, the super believers, 144,000. And the rest, I guess, will live forever in paradise on earth. And so you'll have like the second class of saints, of, of believers that, that will live on earth. And so what you have to do when talking to cult members, and I, and I say that lovingly, I'm not saying it as an insult. So when I say cult, yes, you can use that really weird, really odd. I don't mean it that way. What I mean is just like pseudo-Christian, an offshoot of a belief system, not orthodox. Orthodox, we want to believe correctly, and we get those correct beliefs from the Bible. When you talk to a cult member, you have to define your terms. Because if you're talking to a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon, Latter-day Saints, LDS, they can use all the Christian terminology. When you say Jesus is God, they're like, yes, wow, that's awesome. When you say, oh, Jesus died for your sins, they'll say, amen, wow, that's very biblical. When you say things like uh, God is this and the Holy Spirit's that, they can agree with you on everything until you define terms. The sticky point oftentimes is Jesus. Their Jesus is not our Jesus. And you have to keep that in mind. You have to keep that in mind because you define your terms. 
their Jesus is a created Jesus. He's a very human Jesus. He's a good Jesus. You know, he's done some nice things, maybe performed some miracles, but he is not fully divine. He is not fully God. They, they lessen him in some way, shape, or form. And so that's that's very important to, to, to note there. So define your terms. Another one that you need to define is salvation. They'll say that Jesus saves, right? That's a very Christian phrase. Jesus saves. True. That is very true. But what they also mean is do good works as well. And that part, they might not openly and actively advocate right away, but they say you also have to obey. It's, it's another religion. The mark of a normal religion is the fact that you have to do good works to be saved. You have to earn your salvation in some way, shape, or form. And that's a dead giveaway because Christian theology teaches that you and I, we can't save ourselves. You can do all the good things you want, but it doesn't matter. It's not going to save you. Cults give the game away when you start defining terms. Oftentimes, uh, if you go out for a debate and you're like, all right, let's have a knockout, drag out theological fight, that's going to push people away. Especially when you get to uh, some of the more controlling religions, Jehovah's Witness, the, the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, the Scientology types, when the, the more control they want to exert over, uh, I guess, over their um, the people in their belief system, if you try to press too hard, they'll withdraw. We already know like Scientology is like they're very uh, sue happy, so you have to be careful. But um, but but they'll they'll just withdraw and they'll they'll kind of mark you out like hey don't talk to that person so you have to be very kind ask good questions don't try to win a fight all at once because that's going to push people away and they're not going to want to talk to you after that so just ask questions ask good questions that'll get them thinking and and just see if you can't work your way in from there because uh, sometimes it's tough to do that but anyways friends that that segment was on jehovah's witnesses when we come back on the other side of the break we're going to be talking about the latter-day saint uh, lds mormons they go by a couple different things uh, officially lds i believe we're going to talk about that next on the other side of the break this is priority talk radio i'm your host nate williams we will be right back One Point USA is a security company serving churches and businesses in the state of Alabama. Don't wait until something happens to protect your employees and your valuable property. One Point USA's experienced staff understands your security needs and wants to help you before a problem arises. From video surveillance to card access control and commercial security systems, One Point USA has got you covered. Call One Point USA today at 205-701-0191. That's 205-701-0191 or visit OnePointUSA.com. That's the number OnePointUSA.com. OnePointUSA. Be secure. And now, back to Priority Talk with Greg Davis. My life be like, Welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nate Williams, on this Friday night. Y'all, I hope everyone's driving safe. 
where, wherever you go, maybe you're off for the weekend, y'all. Make sure to enjoy your weekend. God's been so good to us. We want we want to enjoy His creation. Maybe you're on the way to I don't know sports practice, out to dinner, whatever it is. May God bless you, keep you safe, and y'all just drive careful out there. It's a mean world. People don't uh, know how to drive sometimes, so y'all make sure to get where you're going safely. If you're at home. Again, do your thing. I hope all is well. And so tonight, for this second hour, we've been talking about cults and apologetics. If you know me, you know I love apologetics. And we uh, are talking, uh, let's see, in the first part of the hour, around 6 o'clock, we talked about the black Hebrew Israelites. In the second part of the hour, heading to 6.30, we talked about Jehovah's Witnesses. Now, after 6.30 in this third segment of the hour, we are talking about Mormonism or officially, I think officially it's called the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, LDS, or more culturally known as uh, the Mormon Church. They profess to be a Christian church. Now, they've done something different in recent days. It used to be they went the route of we are the only true church. That the church had fallen away, and through Joseph Smith, you know, the true church has been revived or brought back, or now it exists again. So join the true church. Now I think they market themselves a little bit more as another denomination, like, oh, you're Baptist, Presbyterian, Lutheran, Methodist. Well, you can also be Mormon. So I think that's very interesting. It's not as combative or confrontational, but uh, yeah. And so uh, for Mormonism, we're going to walk through different things. It was founded by Joseph Smith, and uh, there's lots of traveling involved with the Mormon church. They went here, there, I think Missouri, then they made it to Utah. It's just they, they did some various travelings. But uh, they also hold Jesus. Who do they say Jesus is? They say Jesus Christ was the spiritual firstborn son of God in preexistence. So again, do you see that move right there? In Mormonism, Jesus Christ was created. That's just such a common move that Jesus Christ is not fully God, fully man, that we hold as Orthodox Christians. Uh, they hold, uh, when it comes to scripture, they hold... To that there are four books that are pretty authoritative. You'll have the Bible, as long as it's been tr correctly translated, or according to them, which means that they've been able to twist the Bible to believe, you know, whatever they need it to say. And so they'll, they'll mistranslate it to get what they believe in there. So the Bible, as long as it's translated correctly, you have the Book of Mormon, you have the Doctrine and the Covenants, which I understand to kind of be uh, kind of the, the, the bylaws, or is that the Pearl of Great Price? Maybe that's that one. I don't know. I think Doctrine and Covenants is more the bylaws than the Pearl of Great Price. So you have four different books that are authoritative. And oftentimes they, when, you, when you examine the Book of Mormon, a lot of that stuff has been just taken straight up from the King James, similar language and stuff like that, which means that when it was written, they were kind of just copying off of the King James for some of it, I believe. What else? Uh, they believe that uh, you can, I think, become God. Yeah. Exaltation 
is available only to Mormons through obedience to LDS teachings. Faith, baptism, endowments, celestial marriage, tithing. So according to the LDS, I think you can become a god. You can become a god. I think there is a heavenly father who was once a human like you and me and then maybe lived a particular lo- particular life. I think they also believe in a heavenly mother as well. I, I might be wrong about that, but yeah, a heavenly father that was a human just like you and me, which according to Orthodox Christianity, that's just straight up blasphemy really to say that God in his greatness and his infinite just beauty, goodness, holiness, righteousness was a human, that's just not right. And when it comes to heaven, there are three levels of glory for a Mormon. There's the exaltation in the celestial kingdom for the faithful Mormons, and they'll become gods. So if you want to become a god according to Mormonism, well, just live a good Mormon life. The terrestrial kingdom, so you have the celestial, below that you have the terrestrial kingdom is for righteous non-Mormons. So that might be, I don't know, Protestants, Catholics, Muslims, Buddhists, Hinduists. Maybe if you were righteous but you were not a Mormon, I guess you have the terrestrial kingdom. It's kind of uh, the best of earth, as I understand it. Maybe you take the earth, and it's the really good parts, and that's what, where people are going to live forever. And then you have the telestial kingdom for the wicked and the ungodly. It's not hell, but maybe it's like slums. Maybe it's just really bad parts of earth. Now just take that and imagine that forever. And so you have three different levels of eternal um, eternal uh, the consequences where you might live. Going back to Jehovah's Witnesses, they believe in soul sleep if you are not a believer. So if you're a believer, you do what you need to do. You'll be raised up and you'll go to some form of heaven. But for, for hell, uh, it's just there is no such thing as hell. Uh, non-believers or those who just didn't make it, I guess, they go and they sleep forever. So soul sleep, they believe in, I guess, annihilationism. You just kind of slip out and don't exist anymore. So that's Jehovah's Witnesses as well. So Mormons, how do you talk to a Mormon? Again, you want to talk about Jesus. Always talk about Jesus. You want to expose a cult? Talk about Jesus. The reason why is that's just the key matter where uh, they, they'll, they'll deny the Trinity and they'll say, oh, Jesus was created. So you'll, you'll want to definitely uh, keep that in mind. Another thing, again, salvation. Go to salvation. I mentioned this in the last section of this second hour. You talk about salvation. If someone says Jesus plus, this goes for anything. Paul talks about this in Galatians. Any Jesus plus circumcision... Any Jesus plus uh, kosher this, kosher that, uh, whatever it is, if you take what Jesus did on the cross for our sins, and then you say, also, you need to earn your salvation, that's called Jesus plus or Jesus and, and it's the mark of false belief. Don't fall for it. 
Another thing you want to be careful of, Mormons do it, Jehovah's Witnesses do it, is alterations in the Bible. When you get people, and Joseph Smith did this, I think while he was in prison, he started to retranslate the King James or alter or edit. Whenever you start seeing that, uh, alarm bells should be going off. Uh, little red little sirens should be going off. That when you start playing with scripture, you know the end result of what you're going to get is not orthodox. It's not right. And so when you see Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons kind of translate the Bible a certain way, redefine words, insert words, and they start just really monkeying around, playing with stuff, that should set alarm bells off because you know, okay, um, something's going on here. But Joseph Smith, quite honestly, if you go and you research his life, there were some elements that are very questionable like the golden plates, like some of his visions. When you start looking into his life, things don't line up. Some of the, the charlatan things he tried to pull on people. And so I could get into that into another segment. In fact, I could have a whole hour on any one of these cults, any one of these side beliefs, small religions. And so you just... Uh, you just definitely be careful because what happens with a lot of these religions is they suck in former evangelicals. They'll suck in Protestants and people who don't know their theology very well. And they'll say, oh, look, we're just like you. We're so close. And then they'll, 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 they'll grab people who haven't been taught good theology. And so you want to make sure to, to, to be careful. What do we believe? God exists, duh. God is a trinity. Jesus is truly God, truly man. Salvation is by Jesus alone. A salvation, you cannot earn your salvation. The Bible is the word of God. We stand strong on it. You do these things and you're not going to be misled. But you might be amazed at all the people that don't know their theology. I blame the church for that because you need to make sure theology is taught properly. But also I blame individual Christians, y'all. With the internet, you can just look up, hey, what do Christians believe? Now that gets tricky because you got a lot of different information out there, but you can do research as well. It's amazing what we have at our fingertips. So don't let cults dupe you. When we're coming back on the other side of the break, we will finish up with Scientology. Now, like I said, I could have an hour or two on every single one of these, but we don't have time tonight on this Friday night. So I'm just kind of going through roughly 12 you know, to 15 minutes uh, for each one. But just uh, do some research yourself. Lots of good stuff online, apologetics uh, stuff you can look through. Don't be tricked. There's a lot of stuff out there. Friends, when we come back, we will talk about Scientology. This is the Priority Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Check out our podcast. Check out our website. Follow us on social media. We have, we're going to finish out the second hour strong. Heading to 7 o'clock. We will be right back. Priority Talk. Marketing 
can be overwhelming. The marketing landscape is full of holes to lose your money. Stop trying to piece your marketing together. Start marketing with a purpose. Dot Edison Marketing is your full-service marketing partner. They are your business's outsourced marketing team. Call them at 205-332-3728 or go to their website at dotedison.com. Hey everybody, this is Kurt Cameron and you're listening to Greg Davis on Priority Talk. Welcome back to Priority Talk Radio. Here we are on this Friday night. I hope y'all finished out the the week strong heading into the weekend. I hope y'all are driving safe, enjoying yourselves, enjoying God's creation, staying warm. That's important. I'm your host, Nate Williams. We have Andrew in the studio. Greg Davis is out traveling. And in the second hour, as we're, as we're closing out the second hour strong, we've been talking about cults. It got off on, you know, uh, Kanye West or Yee, whatever he calls himself now, um, in the black Hebrew Israelite movement. That was at the beginning of the hour. And then it went on to talk about, we went on to talk about Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormonism. Now, nothing exhaustive. We just talked about different beliefs uh, to get you kind of more, uh, more informed about them. But now we're on Scientology. What is Scientology? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's history. This is from the North American Mission Board. Lafayette Ronald Hubbard was born in Nebraska in 1911. He spent most of his childhood on his grandfather's Montana ranch while his parents served overseas in the U.S. Navy. Hubbard later stated the visits with parents to Asia in the 1920s, introduced him to Eastern philosophies and religions. As a young man, Hubbard developed a career as a science fiction writer and claimed to have explored the world. He also claimed that he received near-fatal wounds in World War II. While recovering, he formulated his novel uh, psychological theories that were revealed in his 1950 book, Dianetics, the Modern Science of Mental Health. In 1954, Hubbard incorporated the Church of Scientology to promote his ideas using a religious facade. His books and church spread worldwide, but Hubbard became a recluse. He spent most of, of his last years aboard his yacht, being waited on hand and foot. He died inauspiciously in 1986. Again, this is from the North American mission board how big is it at this point i'm trying to figure that out anyways uh, trying to see how many people believe it here are some scientific scientology terms just for you to know about a big practice in scientology is auditing this is where i guess it's their version they, they wouldn't call it counseling but i i don't think they would scientology's personal uh, i guess techniques dianetic techniques utilizing an e-meter for reading engrams and an auditor is someone a counselor who conducts auditing sessions the goal is to become clear there's like this bridge maybe you watch the netflix series 
um, oh goodness, what was it called? Uh, it's on Netflix about Scientology, man, escaping Scientology or something. And, and, and there's like this bridge where you go from stage to stage to stage, spending a ton of money to get from stage to stage and you move towards clear. It's a state of a person who has completed auditing. This person is supposedly liberated from all engrams, I guess those are bad things, and there are ill effects on the mind and the body. Uh, there's the e-meter that auditors use, uh, the electro-psychometer, and it's an instrument invented by L. Ron Hubbard for utilization in the auditing process. And uh, there's Phaeton, the immortal human soul or spiritual being. It's a true timeless identity of the individual, I guess, inside of you. And so on and so forth. So you go through all this auditing, these counseling sessions. You spend a lot of money. You get a lot of books. You attend uh, maybe conferences, teachings, whatever. And through, through all this money that you spend, you then go on from stage to stage to stage heading towards clear where you reach some form of i guess enlightenment they might not use that term but they believe that people are immortal divine beings they're composed of three dimensions there's the soul which is the phaeton the mind an accumulation of all past experience in this and past lives and the body the mortal physical component so you are there there are three parts to you they don't really believe necessarily in maybe a god it's kind of vague again i'm, I'm getting eastern religious vibes very much from this uh, and uh, the solution to getting rid of some of the negative negativity inside of you these engrams uh they're, they're stored inside of you and you, you've got to try to get rid of them. Scientology solution is auditing. That you go through these counseling processes, Dianetic counseling, where e-meters are used and uh, apparently auditing sessions may cost as much as $1,000 per hour. Wow, that's a lot. Um, I guess, Andrew, would, would you want to... Uh, go through $1,000 an hour counseling sessions? Probably not. Yeah, I don't have that kind of money. And so then again, that Netflix series about Scientology, I wish I had the name of it off the top of my head, uh, but it's about escaping Scientology and some of the mess that you can get into with it. Um, I guess we got to be careful because they also are very sue happy. So uh, there's there's that as well. But it's very expensive to 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 move up on the bridge towards enlightenment or reaching clear so how do you witness to scientologists you need to make sure you understand your faith and the bible you need to be very clear on l ron hubbard because not all of his claims are true or backed up some of the things that he said he did or experienced you want to definitely establish a friendship and that's with all of these friends your best way to witness to someone in a cult is friendship. If you push too hard intellectually, if you push, if you try too much of debating and stuff like that, well, one, that turns a lot of people off in and of itself. But also, people just, depending on how controlling a cult is, they might not be allowed to talk to you again if they know what you're trying to do. 
And so make sure to share your story, your testimony. Make sure to listen well. And I think Greg Kokel talks about this uh, with Stand to Reason. Talks about kind of putting a pebble in someone's shoe. When, when someone puts a rock inside your shoe, it gets uncomfortable. You're walking around and eventually you're like, okay, I got to do something about this. Your goal when you evangelize, your goal is to kind of do that with, uh, with Jesus. Put a little rock in someone's shoe, ask a good question, and then they think, okay, maybe later at night or maybe something happens, your words will come back to them and they're like, oh, that made good sense. That, that made good sense. What do I do with this now? And then they, they, they take the pebble out, they look at it, and they're like, okay, maybe there's something to this Christianity. Why? All because you took time to, uh, you took the time to talk with them in a non-threatening manner. So that's something to import, be, uh, that's very important. Make sure to establish a friendship with them. Well, friends, we are at the end of this show. Again, we're on Monday through Friday. 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Here we are on the second hour, closing out strong. Y'all make sure to drive safe. Make sure that you are praying. Make sure you are in church, friends. It is through the church that, that we come to know God on a deeper level and reading our Bible. Make sure that we are being lights to the world. Go out and do something nice for somebody. Go out and tell somebody about Jesus. That's what we're trying to do here, friends, to spread the good news and to spread Christian values. That's Priority Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nate Williams. Y'all be safe. You have a great weekend. Uh, Y'all have a good night. So I'm going home.